You are now entering the Pandemic Podcast. I think shadow work is looking at the parts of your psyche that are that you're unconscious about. Ah, that's a yeah. Right? Um and I think that if they're not addressed, they can become the bad parts of you. Okay. That helps me so much cuz I'm always like, I really need to do shadow work. I never done shadow work, but the truth is all of this is actually shadow work. All of this. Well, to exist, you have to have darkness, right? For the light to even be seen, it has to cast a shadow. You know, there's no contrast. Right. So to live life in this reality seems to to have a shadow involved. You know, you have to have something to push against, right? Like, we were listening to a, a podcast, Nina and I, earlier about, like, is life about being dissatisfied? Right? Like, we will look for things to be dissatisfied about. Like, Lyra has everything, right? She's totally taken care of. She's a, an 11-year-old girl. But her new haircut is too poofy. <laughs> right? She just came from, like, Connecticut, ice cream. We went to the beach. And, you know, the hair is just a little too poofy. Like, we will find things in our lives to push against, yeah. I think. But really, the shadow is parts of yourself that you deny. So if you okay. deny, like as a child, and I, I listened to something earlier, was talking about the shadow as like a child who, you know, kids go through certain stages, like a girl is only into girl stuff, like pink and girl movies and stuff like that. So in a small aspect of explaining shadow work, she would be denying the boy side right. of her or right. her experience. If that was to continue on, then she might become a, a dominating woman who doesn't want anything to do with male expression. I don't know how exactly how that would work out. Well, but... I can see that. I mean, I'm going to interrupt for a second. I can see that when looking at little boys and maybe in our toxic masculinity society, which is dying now, but forever men have been denied looking at their feminine side. You're weak. Boys don't cry. Toughen up. Don't be sensitive. And so men come out with that just all toxic masculinity and their shadow work really then would be looking at the the feminine side of themselves is that what you're saying the shadow of that is probably war ah okay okay you know like so to suppress the side of you that might be compassionate or more sensitive to resolution um brings about something greater which is conflict that has to do with you know, people dying and, and, and collateral damage and, you know, things where compassion, like a female perspective or a feminine perspective might help out, we're denying it. I saw a clip today was posted. Remember when Trump was having some world meeting or some GA meeting and he pushes one of the presidents aside and yeah, he walks yeah, and yeah, he yeah. adjusts his jacket. Right. So he can be in front. Pride, right? right. So pride is his shadow. Okay. Okay. 
okay. struggles with pride. So everything about his hair and his skin, it's all about pride. So pride left unchecked is Trump and being the president and having all the power and then having no compassion. But pride checked might be like, we want to make a good podcast. Right. You know, we want to put out in the world something that has value to it and sounds good because we're proud of ourselves. You know, like, yeah. so there's like a, 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 di- a you know, um, a dichotomy or yeah. of, of two different shadow aspects. You could say the shadow is the seven deadly sins in a way. Well, it's funny you say that because it made me think of like the Enneagram, which is based on the seven deadly sins. And in it, when you do Enneagram studying, they show you like if if you're I forget what they call it but if it's like unbalanced basically I'm a nine but unbalanced means that I just give away myself I don't take like it can be it's basically like straight up codependency I never think of myself everyone's always first there's this unbalanced side of it a a nine on the other side is someone who can be really balanced compassionate a really good helper like they're so that to me, makes sense in my mind as a understanding of shadow work. I never really knew what it under what it was, and through this and other conversations that and other things that I listen to, I now see that I am doing the shadow work. It's just not necessarily. I always thought it had to be like this intentional, like let's really dig down and get dirty, and it's not. It can be subtle. It can be very subtle, and it's hard to grasp what shadow work is in my own mind. You know, yeah. like I, when somebody asks me about shadow work, I have to go like, well, what's, like, what's an example? Like the movie American Beauty, right? You remember yeah. that with yeah. Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the, the neighbor, the, the, the boy that comes over and sells him pot, the neighbor is homophobic. So he looks out the window and they're there and he's like giving him pot and it looks like he's like going down on Kevin Spacey. Um, And then he confronts him later with anger and actually kisses him because his own shadow is his own homosexuality that he cannot address. Okay. Right? So it comes off in him actually seeing his son doing a homosexual act that's not Not actually happening. Right. Yeah. That's the shadow can actually show you things that are not happening because you're repressing a part of yourself. (laughs) So in that way, it makes me think of the way that you had talked about, like, um, your trauma brain telling you things that aren't actually existing, that aren't really happening. Yeah. Whether, like, for your example, with the jealousy, there, that this thing is happening that's making you jealous, but it's not a real thing that was happening. Yeah, and it's like calling, because it's trying to show a part of myself that's out of alignment. Right. Jealousy is a shadow thing. Right. Right? And now, I don't know if all shadow work comes from childhood stuff. And that's what we were talking, Nina and I, earlier about Jungian and Freud. Like, you know, is everything from childhood? Like, my shadow, the work that I've done, I don't know if that's exactly my shadow, but it's actually, it helped me, um, was realizing that I was sexually attracted to women who were mentally unstable right right i love tattoos that was like a, a, a an attraction not that tattoos make you unstable i want to make no not that. at all not at all not the at all you said it, not at all <laughs> i believe sometimes 
and it, you know everything has a, a, a spectrum. Right. But I do believe sometimes tattoos are an ex- an outward expression of pain. Yes. I, and yeah. I liked them with a lot of tattoos. Right. And then when I discovered that my shadow was me being sexually attracted to women who were not well, um, I moved out of attracting women in my life who kind of represented my mother. Because my mother was never loving to me and she was mean to me and she was mean to herself. And I was attracting these women who had the same qualities as my mother, repeating my trauma, right? Right, right. Once I became aware of that, I stepped back. And I did some 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 uh, trauma therapy, and just the realization of that made me look at a different type of woman in a sexual way. So that's an that's an example of doing shadow work and then seeing your life change. Because now I have someone who is not outwardly doesn't have really any pain, you know, no deep trauma. And doesn't show it outwardly. So the attraction was totally different. And how I attracted her was totally different than past relationships. So what would your trauma, what would your shadow be if you could? So I was, as, I was trying to say present in the conversation. But at the same time, I always have two things going on in my head. So I was trying to think about that. But my shadow work, I think, has a lot to do with like... um. Shame. Shame. And I don't... It's what comes up and it's making me cry, so I think that's really what it is. I don't really know what that means. But the things that come right to mind, and I know there's more, but it's like... uh, Measuring myself against societal expectations. So whether that's like physically or like... um, uh, economically or like my social status like in these weird and the, and it feels which saying this makes me feel so like superficial because those are all superficial things but I think I have a lot of shame for being who I am or something I think that's right now that's what it feels like yeah <laughs> and were you shamed as a child I don't or think in I, school or I think older? I, I, so I wasn't shamed in my family as a child. But I think in school, we were the weird kids. We were hippie. Children of hippies. Like in a very small, blue-collar, pretty conservative. I mean, Frenchtown was pretty conservative back in the day. It's so different now. But it was pretty straight-laced. So if you were the weird kid, let's say, and you were growing up in that family, um, do you deny your own weirdness? Yes. Yeah. And do you judge other people who are weird or like more open? No. Because sometimes I'm envious of those people that are just comfortable. And my daughter to me always, like she'll just be joking around. She's like, I don't know. I'm just so weird. And I say... Weird is the best way to be. Because I have always been envious of the people that could just be weird and be themselves. I remember, so I went to a very small little high school and there were like four punk rock 
people. Two of them were these cool girls. I was so jealous that they had mohawks and wore black and did all these things. And so I was like on the peripheral of weird because I wasn't like a straight-laced quote-unquote jock. We were like the heavy metal. I'm dating myself, but heavy metal kind of thing. So it was like peripheral of weird, but not full-on weird. And like had I been able to just be comfortable in who I was, I I would have been okay no matter what I where I was. I I just was never comfortable enough to be until recently be weird. Now I'm were, weird. Exactly. <laughs> and that's when I'm coming that's the point I'm getting to. Were you shamed for being weird? For being from a family of so called hippies or whatever? Were you shamed? I, and like yeah. are you out of the closet now as oh, kind completely. of woo, right? Like yeah. Exactly. I, I, I'm much more out of the closet. I'm getting there every day. Um, I'm much more comfortable talking about these things with people that aren't like-minded. And like, um, in a couple instances, even with my hippie parents who now feel so much more like shut down or they're old. So they have, you know, they're boxed in by their own things. Like calling my parents, particularly my father, out on some of his pretty straight-laced ideas about the expectations of the world. It's basically based in capitalistic Christian society. It's, it's the way he was born, so... Not to make an excuse for it, but <clears throat> I don't even know where I'm going. But, well, that's funny, because there was something we were listening to a podcast earlier that talked about, like, how when we get older, our, our plasticity in our brain mm-hmm. um so, sort of uh, is not as loose it solidifies more, it solidifies right? and, yeah. and so this was the definition of what they were talking about and it's like because sometimes you're not open for new information after a certain age right and they said fluid intelligence refers to the ability to reason and think flexible flexible crystallized intelligence refers to the acclimation of knowledge facts and skills that are acquired throughout life so at a certain point your knowledge crystallizes and you're not open to new stuff. Like kids are open to new languages. That's what made me think that they talk about the fluidity of brain and the kids being able to... I mean, kids, if you teach them young enough, they can speak every language in the world if that's what they wanted to do. Because their brain is so elastic at that point. Yeah, our kids are into Korean right now. And they're learning <laughs> words and, you know, very easily. I can't even repeat the words that they say. <laughs> yeah. So either. really, your father, it's kind of like... It's it's a it's it's useless to kind of try to get him to change his mind. So if we looked at him as an overall, right? Are we are we banging our heads against the wall every time we post on Facebook? This needs to change and this needs to change. Like the ones who will change are not even dealing with that kind of racism or small mind. Right? Like our kids are not dealing with small minded homophobia, racism. They're open. Yeah. They are, yeah. Our parents yeah. are not. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, I I, know, I don't know. Part of me feels like, yes, well, to argue on Facebook is pointless. I don't argue on Facebook. I don't engage in it. I did say in another podcast, like, I sometimes feel the pull to it, but that's like my pull. I feel like that's my pull to go back to sleep and then get involved in that 3D, like, basic bitch world um but i do not stop from posting the things that have 
brought me like an aha moment or a yes this is exactly it because who am I to know if that post doesn't make someone else who's like at least still in that elastic part of the brain where it might just be like oh yeah I never thought of it that way or but oh, your posts are not preachy your posts are like hey here's your because right, when, I, when I read your post I'm, I'm like sharing it yeah I'm like-minded so I'm like right wow that's that's exactly how I think and right. I didn't know that or it's from this perspective right. or something like that so it's like sharing for like-minded people and with the hope that for the people that like that maybe aren't completely like-minded or at least in the process of awakening or opening yeah. that that their brain isn't so solidified that they can't hear it what if there is something to Revealing your shadow and changing your oh, mind. Oh, yeah. Right. Right? Because yeah. I wrote something, you know, I, I was writing a long time ago or a few years ago about the shadow, you know, when Trump was elected and wondering because there was so many like leftist people and liberal people who really lost their minds oh. when Trump was elected. And I wondered like, what is their shadow? If you're so upset over this kind of, you know, very obvious uh, one-dimensional character and if he's got you like freaking out everybody was moving to Canada know. you know like they were but like what is that bringing up inside of you like what is America's shadow oh wow well so you say that about the my mom if you talk about Trump and my mom in front of my mom she says the same thing all the time don't say his name which I can get give maybe you're sending him power or you know the intention gives him power and then she says this all the time all the republicans just need to be killed or die like yes it's such a it's like such a like they're just completely wrong yeah and i <laughs> pointlessly because she does have dementia and we have this conversation a hundred times or a thousand times always say well mom maybe not say all of the, the republicans need to just be wiped out but let you know maybe you can say that idea that they're holding or something like that but in her mind it's just like that whole idea just needs to go away they should just be gone and so it it has brought something up and i don't i don't know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so these are some of the things I wrote down about what I think Trump represents. Okay. Um, the self-inflated ego, narcissism, greed, the bigger is more, the quantity, quantity over quality, the entitlement, the hypocrisy, the drive for recognition and fame, the best in the world, the bully, the money can buy everything. That greed, right? That, that he and represents... I, and I want to add something because I heard it again on a little CNN clip today, but it's also the thing that Trump's niece said about him is that what his father taught him was toxic positivity. You don't ever look at the bad. You only tell... And that's why he's so easy to be easily can say this is the great thing I did. Yeah, even though it's negative. If, even though it's negative. Like the World Trade Center. Those beautiful towers fell down. Like right. he, that he'll, he'll label even a bad thing right. with a positive word. Because right. you're right. He was raised... In complete toxic positivity. That's a good point. Because people probably don't even really know what toxic positivity is. But toxic positivity is denying the shadow. It, yes. You, ne- you don't even speak it because then it's the truth. 
And if you deny the shadow, it grows. Yes. That's the whole thing about the shadow. If it's denied, just like being gay. Yes. A lot of people, right? A yeah. lot of people who are in certain positions of power. I'm sure these old, I don't know who these old Republicans mm-hmm. are who fight against anything. You know, they're always in a restroom doing some right. gay act. that, right. And they're the ones fighting against the gay bill of right. rights or whatever. Like, So the shadow plays out all the time. Right. But if America's shadow is greed. Yeah. Right? That's got to be. Because we put money and we, we put status over everything else. So right, and I and it, to me, the greed thing is so great because if we could just look at it as a, we talked about this before, if we looked at greed instead of greed, we looked at abundance. It changes a shadow to its like that's what greed on one side, abundance on the other. And to do that, you need compassion. Yes. Because greed lacks compassion. Yeah. And America lacks compassion. That's why the whole idea of people running around, you know, yelling at other people to wear a mask or to, you know, whatever they're doing, it, it's like, um, it's hypocrisy. You yeah. know, it, it, it's hypocritical to all, all of a sudden care. Right. You know, about this one thing. You didn't care when they were bombing whatever country or politically sabotaging some leader somewhere just so they can get into well, some political game. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with me personally. Yeah. And I live in a me country, and it's all about me. It's my world. It's my town. It's my job. It's my kid. It's my, my, my. Yeah. And fuck you. So fuck you for not wearing a mask. You're going to get me sick. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we talked about in another podcast. It's all about me. Because it's not really important if it's happening in another country. It, yeah, it makes no difference to me. Or if kids I mean, are getting locked in cages or whatever they say is happening. Even if happening. that's in our country, that doesn't matter because it's not me. Yeah, it's not I'm in my not, neighborhood. My kid is not getting locked in a cage. And that... That... It's... I don't know. That's fucking horrible. Well, it's that... good. The pandemic is bringing up our shadow. Right. So how can we look at this as a way to recognize our collective shadow? Yeah. I don't know if I have an answer for that. It's a good question to think about. I don't know if I do either. I don't know. Um, you know, where I used to say to people, where's the Trump inside of you? If you're so angry at him, what is inside of you that's like him? Where are you greedy? Right. And, and I have said this almost since the beginning... One thing that Trump has definitely brought out to the open is how much racism and sexism. He's brought our shadow right into our face. That's right. And so there's still people that don't want to look at it. And the people that are are looking at it so much that they can't see beyond it. But it's right here right now. The shadow used to be in the shadows. We That's pretended right. it wasn't there. That's right. So... During the Obama years, everything was great, right? Well, we thought so. We thought so. <laughs> everything was about hope and, you know, right. we thought we were, like, enlightened right. as a society. We are like, oh, my God, what's going to be next? A woman president? Right. Like, what's after that? A gay president? You know, like, we thought... A gay that woman president? A gay Jewish woman? <laughs> we black? Did, yeah, black. Like, we were, we were on our way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like, hold on. Because you, ha- you have to do. to do the shadow work before you can actually get to that true 
enlightened side of it. And somebody said only someone who's enlightened has no shadow. Right. And so do you think you, like, we as humans can actually ever get to that point? Like, I don't, like, is there always a shadow that we're working with? Kind of like the onion of trauma. Like, there's always a deeper level. I think that idea of, of life being about dissatisfaction um, is kind of the point of the shadow. You know, I think that we're always looking for something to push against in that contrast, you know, is some, I mean, it's in myself. I, I'm never, I, I have moments of happiness. I have moments of like eating ice cream and it's amazing or having a moment with my family that's like, oh, this is, I want this moment to last forever. Like yeah. everybody's getting along, the sun is shining. And then, you know, a thought or a phone call or a text comes that brings dissatisfaction, right? So I don't know, is our shadow there so that we can have this experience? And like, maybe the shadow's good, the shadow denied causes problems. Right, the shadow unchecked. The shadow unchecked causes people to kill people or serial right. killers, you right. know, and we always look at the most dramatic, like I'm watching that show Mindhunter right, right. now, because it's about the shadow. It's right. interviewing killers and, and kind of psychologically breaking down why they did what they did. Right. And they always had some bad father or some bad mother that denied them their freedom or their voice, you know, and then they are strangling people, you know, it's <laughs> like, it, it kind of is clear when it comes to that, but it's not so clear when it comes to someone like you who's like, I don't know, shame seems to be my shadow. And like, right? where were you shamed? Like maybe in school, maybe having a family that you might have been a little ashamed of because they were weird. Right. But then inside of you, that's your family. So you got you to gotta pull right there, like a, a dichotomy yeah. or a paradox. Um, but shame makes sense because now I'm watching you open up to this kind of woo-woo talk and I also suffer with that I also suffer with watching something on the shadow today and other people being in the room mm. and I'm I go from all sources I, I listen to a Jungian podcast and I also listen to somebody who's so woo-woo they're like welcome soul sisters and brothers <laughs> you know like and if that's playing too loud I'm like Mm-mm, turn that down you know like but I, I go to different extremes to dress try to see the point of view right. of what people are talking about but I noticed when I was playing that and it said that, I felt ashamed. I felt mm. so much shame that I actually felt rage. Wow. Because I was being, I thought I was being judged, but I was being judged by myself. And that's the truth. 99% of the time we're being judged harshly by ourselves. It, most of the time, <clears throat> most people don't even notice or care, really. Because they're also in their own head judging themselves. They don't even hardly have the space to be like, oh, God, he's listening to that? Like, Yeah, they're thinking about themselves. That's what I always used to say when I was younger. I'd try to talk myself out of caring what people thought. And I would say, well, they're just thinking about themselves like I'm thinking about myself right now. But there's There's a balance to that, too, though. There is. There there, there is. There's a balance to that. And there's a balance to um, even caring about like you said, listening to what you're doing or, or, or your own thoughts or your own feelings about things. A lot of people, you know, watch TV or drink or do drugs because if you have to sit for a moment in silence, that dissatisfaction comes up. Oh, it comes right bubbling up. It comes bubbling yeah. up, right? So we're running from that dissatisfaction all the time. Yeah. 
But I think inside of that dissatisfaction is probably shadow work. In religion, uh, the, the shadow comes out as demons. Mm. So people's demons are their shadows, you know? So they didn't know how to explain it. They didn't know how to explain it. And that also makes me think that <clears throat> when you explain your, your shadow as demons, it's not really your fault. Like there's some sort of like self-judgment yes. that goes on. So if I can blame it on demons, it's something that's affecting me. It's not, it's not me. Rather than just being like, I have this side of me that is not comfortable or whatever is making me act this way. How do I look at that and change that differently? To be different. It's true. And and our society doesn't really leave a space for someone to talk about their shadow. Like, right. who would you talk about your shadow with? You. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and, and luckily, I feel like I have a couple people in my in my bigger world that I do have that I could talk about. And, and I know we talk about it a lot, but the soberish community is yes. there to talk about those things. So we are coming together as a unified group where we can do that. But until recently, that was pretty, I mean, I don't know if I ever would have talked about that. Maybe a therapist didn't, I wouldn't have known that that's what I was talking about in shadow work necessarily, but that is what you go for therapy for, to deal with your trauma and your shadow work. Yeah, basically, your right? shadow work. Hopefully, yeah, your yeah, shadow... I mean, if you're getting good therapy, that's what you're dealing with. I would think that your shadow is part of your pattern if you're having negative yes. patterns. Yes, that's, absolutely. I'm assuming that's what's happening. But, um, but like, so I, I think another shadow that's very clear is, like, the Catholic Church. Yeah. They're holier than thou, they have all the answers, and then secretly they're having sex with children. Like, isn't that just a huge shadow? <laughs> yeah. So you see that's what happens when you take something like, I have the truth. Then you have to have some other side of you that's like, I'm actually the opposite of the truth. Yeah. So, you know, inside of ourselves, I think we should always ask. And... How how do you look at your shadow? Like, give me one second because I wrote down one time. Okay. How how you would sit and look at your shadow. Um. Yeah, I want to hear that. Because I would, while I am doing this like unconscious work on my shadow or like semi-conscious, I'd like to do some like real focused work on my own shadows let's see i wrote this down and i i have not read it okay so i'm just going to read it right now okay um shadow work are you acquainted with your own dark side if you feel so inspired sit quietly with any ill feelings or parts of yourself you have difficulty accepting Close your eyes and visualize what those look like colors forms shapes smells feelings sounds Get a good sense of their essence. Then try having a loving conversation with each one. Inquire. Seek to understand why it is a part of you. Thank it for what it has done for you. Perhaps it was actually trying to protect you. And send it love. Mm. That would be a meditation to do. Yeah. To get in touch with 
something inside of yourself yeah. if you don't know you know if you don't right. have a clear like right. you had an indication that shame was your shadow right your emotions told you because you had a, a, a reaction a, you had a reaction yeah. some people have no idea so if they sat with themselves and just sort of tuned into their own heart and said you know what is it about myself what, what do, do is greed you know greed is a good one in america because it's like okay we've made it okay it's okay to just screw somebody over an old lady or scam someone because look i made all this money so i did a good thing right Right. i'm winning and uh so inside of yourself where's greed inside of yourself where are these things where's lust right and how do they all relate to each other because greed to me just creates the idea of it just creates fear and fear is like another shadow so like it's a shadow creating another shadow Mm. I never thought about a shadow creating another but shadow. But they can. Because they're all in fear. Right. Fear exactly. is like the fear is like the place. Right. The dark place right. where where all shadows exist, and then they're then they come off of fear as these little. Yes. Yes. You know, maybe greed, yeah. So it'd be the lust. other way, greed comes from fear, but they all really are based in fear. And well, lust is a big one because yeah. porn is like okay in our world. Right. Um. And so those are the things I talk about but in America. Lust, but so that's like physical lust, but you can lust in a greed in for about like financial greed. You can lust after I want to be a billionaire. That's lust. That's lust. That's, yeah. So <clears throat> lust is giant. Yeah, lust and greed kind of go together. Right. They all do. They yeah. all fit together in a web. 